Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Hi. I am Roxanne Gay, the co-host with Tressie McMillan-Cottom of Here to Slay from Luminary. We have an excerpt from this week's show we'd like to share with you. We recently spoke with Sarah Wendell about the legacy of the one and only Beverly Cleary. One of our favorite writers for young people and not so young people, Beverly Cleary died earlier this year at the age of 104. We should all be so lucky. If you want to hear more, you can listen to the whole thing by going to luminary.link slash slay. All right. So we would be remiss, Roxanne, if we did not mention the loss of a literary giant recently. The one and only. I actually think that when the news came that Beverly Cleary died, you and I were preparing for a show because I remember us going back and forth about it. We were either on our way into the studio, whatever it was, we couldn't do it that day. And we said, you know, Beverly Cleary deserved a little more than an in-passing comment. Uh, And so we wanted to talk more extensively about the now late great Beverly Cleary, who died on March 25th, award-winning children's book author. We don't need to tell y'all this. Our audience knows who Beverly Cleary is. We are Beverly Cleary people. There are so many amazing things about Beverly Cleary's life from the fact that she lived to the age of 104. Whenever people live that long, I always think, okay, God, I mean, whatever your belief system, but God forgot them. And (laughs) I don't want to be forgotten. Around 85, please remember me. (laughs) You think God made the rounds and forgot to scoop Mm -hmm. somebody up? There are just a couple centenarians centenarians who just, you know, but I'm, I'm so thrilled that she was able to live a long life. She wrote... Incredible characters like Ramona Ugh. and Beezus Quimby. Her books have sold over 91 million Girl. copies. And so, Girl. I mean. 91 million? Can you imagine? I'm like, we're just trying to get to 91,000. Listen. What's happening <laughs> And so we have yeah. someone awesome to join us today to talk about uh, Beverly Cleary and all things amazing books, Sarah Wendell, who is the co-founder of a website that, Tressie, I think both of us really enjoy. Oh, yeah. Smart Bitches, Trashy Books. I mean, it's called Smart Bitches, Trashy Books. I mean, <laughs> come on now. If that's not my if that's not my jam, I don't know what is. <laughs> um, I've been a lurker there for years. I check in when I'm looking for something to read. Uh, and uh, Sarah is uh, one of the brain trusts behind this wonderful digital community. And it really is a community. It is. She is also an expert on romance novels and has written several books on the subject, including Everything I Know About Love I Learned from Romance Novels. And yeah, there's no problem with that. Huh, Sarah? That's that's how we want to live I'm our sure life. That out real well. I know. Welcome to here to slay, Sarah. How are you? I am wonderful, and I am so honored to be here. I am, my inner thirteen year old right now is not chill. <laughs> she is she is having a massive like joy party inside. So thank you so much for inviting me to join you today. It's a pleasure to be able to talk about all things books with you. But let's start with Beverly Cleary. Uh, and actually. Mm-hmm. 
guess I want to hear from both of you. I'm curious, when was the first time that you read oh. Beverly Cleary? Yeah, Sarah, do you remember yours? I don't remember which one it was, but I remember it was the first time that I read about a character who was messy and made mistakes as often yes. as I did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that was really my thing. Badass Ramona, because as somebody who was slightly badass on occasion, because that's how your mother would say it, um, mm-hmm. you know, get your little badass in here. So Ramona was one of those kids that you'd have to say, get your little badass in here. Mm-hmm. And I could relate to that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. My mother on occasion was known for calling me messy Tressy. Oh, <laughs> and that sounds like somebody who would be friends with <laughs> Ramona, <laughs> Ramona and messy Tressy and Beezus Quimby. I mean, it all kind of it, oh, yeah. it worked. Mm-hmm. I too don't remember the first Ramona book I read, but I always, I was expected, I was the oldest. And so I was always expected to be good. And mm-hmm. I was, I was extra good to the point, like I was a very stressed out kid. And oh. so I loved Ramona Quimby because I always wished that I could be a pest like her and be mischievous. Ah. And I just never had the courage to 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 do that. And I just mm-hmm. really admired her. The and wish fulfillment of being a... It was a, so a, much a, wish yeah, fulfillment. Yeah, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because she was allowed to make mess, which coincidentally... There wasn't a lot of that in um, children's stories for girl characters. No. Right. So you had Dennis the Menace. You had the little boy, right, who was allowed to be mischievous. Ramona was a big deal because it was a girl stomping around in mud, getting dirty, doing silly things. And so for me, she was the, you know, she was a girl who was not as like tied down in the ideas of, you know, being a little prim and pris. No, Uh, she did not model perfect little girl behavior. Mm -hmm. Not at all. And I admired that. And I'm also an older child. So I identified with Beezus having a, you know, annoying little sister. I also had a sister (laughs) who annoyed me. But I so admired how much trouble Ramona could get into. And yet Mm -hmm. she was still safe and cared for and her parents still looked Mm, after her. And even though there were... One of the things that I love about Cleary is that all of her books in some way deal with identity and realizing who you are. I am mm-hmm. me and this is who I am. And Ramona was always herself. Oh, yeah. She oh, was. Yeah. And I think for those of us who so desperately wanted to be ourselves but did not yes. think we could be, yes. she was, and I do not use this word lightly because I think it's overused, but when I use it, I mean it, icon. She really was yeah. an icon and and maybe a pint-sized one, but that for kids, that's what you need. And that's yeah. what we read for. And we hope that our children, when they read, will also find a character, any character that they can look up to and aspire to and and maybe even see some of themselves reflected back in. And Beverly mm-hmm. Cleary, I think, really did that so well and for so long. And for so many people, too. Yeah. Like if I say, you know, the Donzer gives a Lee light. Or if your parents are fighting, don't let them make pancakes together. A lot of people are going to remember, oh, I remember that scene. Mm -hmm. I have childhood memories that are as vivid as the scenes from her books that I Mm -hmm. read when I was eight. That's an incredible gift to leave multiple generations of people. It really is. Because my nieces have read the Ramona Quimby books. And they're eight and nine. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a language you have in common now, which is something that is just such an, it's a transcendental gift, right? That beyond mm-hmm. her lifetime, you have this language of Ramona to share with young people. What a gift that is. Absolutely. I understand that you wrote a letter to Cleary when you were a child. <laughs> yes! Tell me more. I love when oh, you kids write letters to authors. You've been a nerd your whole life. I but know. But then it's authors so write cute. back. 
Did you? I learned how to spell Dag Hammarskjöld Plaza at a very young age because that's where you sent the letters, care of the publisher, and that was the publisher's address. Yes. Wow. So this was the worst possible child classroom project. I know both of you have received letters from students saying, please write me back if you don't answer my interview questions, I'll get a bad grade. Yeah. Yes. So this is that times a million worse. When I was in elementary school, we had a program called Passport to Pittsburgh, where all of us little students were expected to write to famous people and invite them to visit us in Pittsburgh. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. So it wasn't just answer this letter. It was please travel. They made y'all little travel and tourism ambassadors. Yes, the whole public school system. Oh, that's oh embarrassing God. for Pittsburgh. I, I would love I'm turning red right better. now. I'm yeah, blushing. that is so embarrassing. <laughs> well, I wrote to Beverly Cleary because I thought, well, you know, this is a this is the most famous person I can think of. The woman whose name is on all of the books on my shelf. This is Fair. a really famous person. Yeah. And so I wrote her a letter and invited her to visit me in Pittsburgh, which was so embarrassing. And she wrote me a handwritten letter back. Oh, it was handwritten. It was handwritten. It was a dear Sarah. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, I think she said, you know, I've been to Pittsburgh. It's lovely. Uh, my 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 schedule does not allow her. me. God bless her. She was the it was the Pittsburgh. nicest letter. I've been to Pittsburgh and it's lovely, but you know, my travel plans don't allow me to travel right now. So thank you. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I don't win the passport to Pittsburgh contest because she's not coming. But my teachers absolutely levitated with joy that yeah, I had gotten I like that. I bet yeah. they did. Oh, they were very excited. Please bring in the letter. I was like, okay, if I can find it, it's in my room somewhere. So I brought it in. And then there was a news broadcast around the new news. And you know, it was a big deal when they wheel the TV into the classroom. Yes. So, you get to watch it. so the new news did a big thing about the Passport to Pittsburgh program. And my letter was shown as like an interstitial in the broadcast. Yeah, yeah. You made the news, though. I made the news. But I never got the letter back. Like, I don't know what happened to it. It got lost deep in the bowels of that television I can't believe that they bogarted your letter. They bogarted my my letter? Oh, I can. That was was currency right there, honey. That's true, especially for an elementary school teacher. I was just about to say, you made your teachers look good that year in their annual review report. I did. I guess so. I got a personalized written letter from Beverly Cleary. And to this day, like, my my inner child just vibrates when I I think about it. I can tell. I can tell. And that's going to last a lifetime. What a mm-hmm. gift. It was life-changing for me. Now, I do want to ask you one thing, um, yes, Sarah, about uh, Beverly. You went back and read some of the books as an adult. Do they read, read differently to you night. now? I reread no. it last night. I, I started, I was like, I should re- reread The Luckiest Girl. I'll just take a yeah. look at it. I ended up, sta- a Bad Decisions book club, I ended up staying up way late just to finish this book that I have read five times that was published mm-hmm. in 1953. <laughs> Still works on me. <laughs> yep. I feel that way about 15. So I got into, yes. like, you know, several of her young adult novels. Oh, I love them so much. Yeah. I want, like, 15 was, probably was part of my gateway drug into um, uh, into romance novels yep. uh, mm-hmm. in retrospect. So people always talk about, of course, for obvious reasons, her uh, children's books. But she also has a wide uh, collection of young adult books. Like, she followed you through the life stage. And, and they were so were, romantic. Yes. <gasps> Without being cheesy, like I know this is hard for people to like, but there was always like a real, there was a realness to them in the mm-hmm. way that I think Ramona had a grounding. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of books for young adult women didn't have that. 
No, not yeah. even a little bit. In yeah. fact, a lot of the books I found for young, especially at the young adult stage, they're, yeah. they were better, I think, because of Ramona Quimby and, and books in that sort of milieu for young girls. But when you started to age up, there were still, especially I think for people our age, and I think we're mm-hmm. all collectively within the same sort of decade, there was a lot still about comportment and being good and being well-groomed and well-mannered and sort of preparing for wifedom instead Mm -hmm. of preparing for anything more rigorous than that, even though keeping a home is indeed quite rigorous. And to, you know, see that there was not any expectation we could do anything but that Mm -hmm. was really restrictive in a lot of books. And so when you see books that show the possibilities beyond that, that romance is great and you can both have romance and be yourself. It was, for me at least, incredibly empowering. Yeah. I love 15, Tressie. Mm -hmm. I love that book. That's one of those books where the scenes are as vivid in my mind as like my own childhood memories. (laughs) Like when she visits her boyfriend in the hospital and the florist is like, you should bring him some gladioluses. Everyone likes those. So she walks up the street with this massive three foot high arrangement (laughs) of flowers and thinks of herself as Burnham Woods sneaking up to Dunsinane. Yes. My jam was The Luckiest Girl, which is the one I just reread until very late last night. I'm so embarrassed. And it works because so much of the theme of it is I am not you. I am me. Mm -hmm, And the mm -hmm. heroine makes mistakes. And she ends up thinking that she should be with this boy that everyone admires and thinks that is so attractive, but they don't have anything in common. But she's Mm -hmm. like, everyone admires me for being with this guy. So Mm -hmm. I'll keep trying to play table tennis, even though I'm really bad at it. Even though I hate it. Yep. And I will say, having read it with my, you know, 2021 brain in place, that it shows its age and it shows its origin in some of the language that Shelley uses to describe herself because she's transplanted from Oregon to Southern California, Mm -hmm. uh, voluntarily doing this sort of, I'm going to live with my friend, my my mom's friend's family for a year. And she thinks of herself at one point as a pale face among the natives. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, good. Yeah. Ooh, so you're going to yeah. run into that sort of thing like, oh, right in the face. Mm-hmm. Actually, how do you deal with that? Because it comes up time and again. Mm-hmm. when, And I encounter it all the time because I, I still reread uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder. Oh, yeah. 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 They, and they're, those books are a mess. Oh. Yeah. I love them, but oh, they're they fucking They are nasty. absolutely, they are, they are so racist. <laughs> like I sometimes I'm just now. like, Ma isn't that nice at all. Mm-mm. And Pa is damn near a colonizer. Yes. But if you think I don't read, I mean, they were foundational books to me. They, I mean, mm-hmm. they're up there when we're talking about the Beverly. I loved the Lord Ingle Wilds. My grandmother and I read them together. Mm-hmm. I used to act out little scenes. I mean, we watched the television show. <laughs> Uh, yes. So what do you do with books like that? How do you reconcile mm-hmm. the kinds of things that they represent and your love for them? Mm-hmm. Well, is it me or is it for other people? Because part of my job is to recommend books to people. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to unwittingly put someone in a situation where they run into a terminology and it you know, guts them right gotcha. in the sternum. Mm-hmm. I don't want to cause that type of pain, especially because romance as a genre is directly trafficking in empathy. You are reading these books knowing that the ending is going to be what it is because you mm-hmm. know that it's a safe place to put your put your emotions. It's a safe mm-hmm. place oh, to a empathize. That's a wonderful way to describe that. And yeah. it's, it's a safe space for you to explore intimacy in lots of different ways. Mm-hmm. So I take that portion of it. Is this recommendation for someone else? 
as a, a sort of a separate process than whether it's reconciling it for myself. Mm-hmm. For myself, I tend to think, okay, present Sarah recognizes mm-hmm. the harm of this. Past Sarah had no way of understanding that. She mm-hmm. was 12. Right. Now I have my present brain, which is continually wanting to learn things. And I did a recent webinar with uh, Layla Saad, who mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. the author of Me and White Supremacy. Yep. She did a Patreon webinar about boundaries. And one of the things she said was that you honor the steps of the process. You honor the process that you've been on. So you honor the ways in which you evolve. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to berate myself for not recognizing things that are so obvious to me now. That, and that's so self-defeating. And where yeah. so many people get trapped. Yes. They get trapped in the self-flagellation. And, I, and I'll say mm-hmm. to them, that's actually the narcissism of white supremacy. That oh. you make it all yes. about yourself, right? Yes. Yes. And then you get trapped in the spiral. Mm-hmm. So I love that. I love that. It is a journey. And you were supposed to at one time have been dumb. That's how that works. Yeah. <laughs> white supremacy is counting on me not recognizing yes, that right. phrasing as being mm-hmm. harmful and painful and colonialist and kind of awful. Right. But I I continually want to learn and not do harm with the books that I am recommending. You can listen to the full episode, which includes an homage to Cicely Tyson, and you can hear other great conversations we've been having on Here to Slay by going to luminary.link slash slay, not dot com, luminary.link slash slay. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.